Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. Before we start, okay, I want to remind us that God has a global justice agenda. He has a global evangelism agenda. Okay, God has a global evangelism agenda. And he made it clear right from Genesis. He made it clear right from Genesis that he has a global evangelism agenda. He told Abraham, in your seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So God made it clear from the beginning that he wants all nations. He wants all people. So God's agenda on the earth, his primary agenda is global evangelism. He told Abraham again, the sinners shall be as numerous as the sons of the seashore. It wasn't about counting Israelites. It was about counting those that will come to God through Christ. That is, the sinners be as numerous as the sand of the seashore. God has always made it clear that he has a global evangelism agenda. He told him again, as far as your eyes can see, I will give unto you. He was not counting, God was not really counting land though, and counting trees. He was counting, was telling Abraham, in you shall all nations of the head be blessed. That as far as, it's the same agenda, global evangelism. He told Joshua and told them in Deuteronomy 11 24, told Moses and told Joshua 1 3, you know, I will give you everywhere so that your feet shall touch. Everywhere so your feet shall touch, I will give unto you. Everywhere the soul of your feet shall touch. It wasn't about counting land for Israel. Those were types and symbols of what the real plan was. Okay? That, you know, that everywhere, everyone will hear the gospel. That the gospel will spread everywhere through our 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 going. So everywhere so that we shall get to if we possess, okay? So that through our going, okay, God will possess every territory. So God expects that our going, okay, is a going of the gospel. That everywhere we step our feet on, okay. Changing countries, changing nations, okay, career spaces, whatever you go to, you shall possess. It's not to make you the sole purpose of it is not so that when you get there, you 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 become Lord and Master, you become a founder maker, you become you know the CEO. Those are lesser purpose of of a main purpose. Those are those are lesser expressions of the real purpose of this entire thing. So it's so that everywhere you know can be filled with the glory of God and His knowledge through us. So even if you become CEO of there and all that, it's a good, it's good, right? But it's for one purpose: global evangelism. So it's not about giving Abraham elite territory or material blessing, make, make, make him happy with material satisfaction. But God was foreshadowing the global spread of the gospel, which is His real agenda. God has only one primary agenda: global evangelism. So you are only useful. To this extent, you are only useful to God to the extent that you are signed up, you are signed up for this mission. Okay, you are only useful to the God to the extent that you are signed up for this mission. So God is not, God is not, not celebrating your wealth, or your career advancement. Not like hey, he today he made one million, clap for him. 
is not celebrating your word of career advancement. What God reckons is your effective participation in the gospel of his son. What he reckons is your word, effective participation in the gospel of his son. God is not scoring your career. He's not scoring your, your money. Hey, my son has one billion. He's not scoring it. What God reckons with is your participation in the gospel of his son. So, your wealth and career growth is only celebratory to the extent that it's a vehicle for furtherance of the gospel of his son. We must make this thing ring clear in our heads. That your wealth or career growth is only celebratory to the extent that it is useful as a vehicle for the furtherance of the gospel. That your life has only one gospel, only one purpose, the ministry of the gospel. This is vital. Once this sinks into your thinking, it will shape everything else you do. I get my point. It makes everything else, okay, begin to find meaning with respect to this. So you compare, so the meaning of what you do, all your pursuits, is only meaningful to the extent that, okay, it serves the sole purpose of the ministry of the gospel of Jesus. This has to be clear in our thinking, okay? We have one mission, the ministry of the gospel of of Jesus. When we sing, it's all about you. Let it be clear in our heads. We are serious. It's all about Jesus. Hmm? If it is so, it will drive what you do and how you do it. You will never be too busy for the real business, for the real business. You never be what? Too busy for the real business. The ministry of the gospel of his son. If I don't get this, I'll be too busy. What is the real business? Life can be very sucky. Life can suck you in. Eh? Career growth can suck you in. Money can suck you in. If you don't know what is the real meaning of life, okay, you'll be too busy for the real business of life that God has given us. This is essential. Mm? So, is that, is, that, is that I will say, we are not saving money, but for saving money's sake. The savings, the clinical, clinical, everything, the life we live, the long life, longevity, the career growth is for one purpose, to know Jesus and to make him known. Vital truth. Alright? Good. So today, yeah, salvation, salvation semantics, salvation semantics, okay? What does that English mean? Okay, semantics, what does semantics mean? Let me, let me even Google it so I can explain it. What does semantics mean? Who wants to help me? I'm doing book. Actually, ah, is not here. She's my go-to for this kind of behavior. Salvation semantics. Let me Google it again. Semantics, okay? It just means salvation vocabulary. Okay, semantics. Hold on. Okay. The meaning of a word. Okay, meaning of a word, phrase, or text, okay? Meaning, okay, vocabulary, what it entails. Alright? Okay. So what does it mean? Okay, what's the scope of it? Okay. Um what do we have now? What we have. Okay. Are we saved saved or do we have to, you know, what does it mean? Do we have to go for membership class again to now receive the Holy Spirit? No, I've done in many in many places. You get born again, 
Okay, you now do membership class. You now receive the Holy Ghost. Okay, you now do another deliverance class. I think some people do some people do deliverance, deliverance, um, deliverance school. So after born again, do membership class for Holy Spirit. You now do deliverance class. Okay, where they deliver you. Okay, uh-huh. now you are fully ready. When you know they now grow up a bit in the faith, now do sanctify. Now, now they now sanctify you. Okay, you now become the sanctified believer. Okay, but is that what scripture? Is that, that what we see in scripture? What does salvation mean? Okay, what does it really mean? Okay, salvation is communion. Okay, oneness with the Godhead, being a part of the body of Christ that comes by believing. Salvation is communion, oneness with the Godhead, being a part of the body of Christ that comes by believing. John 6. This is a very long read today, but it's a very fun read. Alright, John 6. Open our Bibles. Um, to the reader. John 6. So we'll start from verse 1. Okay, then, then we'll now jump to 26. Well, I want to trust something that's, that is vital. This is Bible study, okay? This is the Bible study class, okay? So take notes, note stuff, note stuff down. Okay, so um, read verse 1 to verse 1 to 6, then go to 26. Okay, 1 to 6, then 26. NKJV is fine. NKJV is fine. Okay, are we ready? Go on. Over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that we may eat? But this is said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Look at that. Look at verse 4. Now the Passover, a feast of of the Jews was near. So mark that Passover issue. Okay? And now some multitude coming towards coming 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 towards him. He now asks Philip, Where shall we buy bread that this may eat? So Passover and bread. So Jesus Jesus knew it was Passover time. So a crowd and now brought up the matter of bread by himself. Okay? Passover, not Passover, crowd, bread. 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Gigi. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Say our bread, not to drag him. Okay? <laughs> Go on. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may walk the works of God? Jesus answered to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Please pause, Therefore, okay? Let, let's read together. Okay, I'll tell you when to pause and continue. So, they, you know, they asked him, you know, he told them, don't labor for food which perishes, mm-hmm. but labor for the food that endures eternal life. So, based on that labor, Kodina asked him, what shall, we, what, what shall we do that we may do the work of God? What is the labor for the food that endures in everlasting life? What is the labor? And he told them, the labor the work required is this. You believe. 
in him whom he has sent. So mark that very importantly. The work is believing. The labor, okay, that in just everlasting life is believing. Now go on. Go on. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Please pause again, okay? Moses did give them bread, you know. He gave them bread. And the Bible wrote there that Moses gave them bread from heaven. When you read, when you read your testament, you see that Moses gave them bread from heaven. Alright, so we can study all the drama over how to eat bread. Okay? <laughs> Moses gave them bread from just, just Christ told them that Moses, Moses did not give you bread from heaven. He gave you bread, yeah, but that is not the real bread from heaven. I am the true bread. <laughs> Do you get? So again, he deliberately picked up that bread manner to point towards something. So that the issue is not bread, okay? But bread is used to bring up a, the more important conversation. Alright? Jesus himself brought up the bread matter by giving them bread. Jesus just began the bread conversation. Okay? But the issue, don't look at the bread. Okay? There's something, there's some, something more at play beyond the bread conversation. Okay? But indeed, most must give them bread. But God was foreshadowing something else in the bread of Moses. God was foreshadowing something else in the bread of Moses. So they should, they should not think about the bread of Moses, but about another kind of bread, something else. All right, please go on. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Mark verse 40, okay? Mark, Mark verse 40. And this will of son of man, son of whom you sent me, that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up life. So just mark the believing in him unto everlasting life. Alright? Go on. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not, is not this Jesus, the, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then, he says, I have come down from heaven. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father, except he who is from God. He has, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Mark that again, and okay? Mark that again. He who believes in me has everlasting life. He was telling them the cocoa of the conversation, okay? But somehow their eyes were on bread. 
Okay, but in, in, in between breaking my spirit, he was pointing out at something. He who believes in me has everlasting life. Go on. Mm. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. Gigi. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat of unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Please pause again. You see that? It it was so simple they did not get it. He told them whoever believes as we have everlasting life. He now said, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood as everlasting life. What was he telling them? What was he telling them? Believing is the eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood. That the one that believes in Jesus has eaten his flesh and drank his blood. So it was using bread. But some of their eyes were focused on the bread. What was telling them is this. The believing is the eating of his flesh and the drinking of his blood. So that we that believe, we have eaten his flesh and we have drank his blood. Please go on. <laughs> voilà. Verse 15, for, my flesh, for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in, in the synagogue as he taught them, as he taught in Capernaum. Go on. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard, this is a hard thing. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in, in, in himself that this, his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Well then, if you, if, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Please pause again. In now made it clear, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. What I speak to you are spirits and their life. That I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about eating my flesh. The flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. The words I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. So that it is believing, okay, it is believing that gives you life. It's not eating physical flesh or eating bread, you know. It's the spirit that gives life. Please go on. Go to verse, go to verse, um, verse 60, 68. But Simon Peter answered. Sorry, from 66, from 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back yeah. and walked with him. Go on. 
Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the word of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and, and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. You can stop there. All right? So, you wonder why it's not even, you not end them understand better. Look, like, after them in, in, in a simpler term. Like, after them simply, I, not, I don't mean it's my flesh or, or drink my blood. Okay? Like, but why did, it, <laughs> why did it engage in such drama? Just to them simply, you know, it, you know, it, but look at, but he made it also clear, you know, like it was, it was, it was, it was um, puzzling them, okay? But it was there all the while that it is believing that is eating his flesh and drinking his blood, okay? Now, what does this eating flesh and drinking blood mean and why? At the Passover, okay, next to 12, okay, they put the blood of the animal on the lamppost. So even though they could not drink blood, okay, by putting the blood on the lamppost, they were technically drinking the blood, you know, so that when, so that when the Avengers will see the blood, it would pass over. So pass over is not, it's just passed, something to pass over, jump and pass, okay, so to pass over instead of dying, to be alive, instead of death to kill them, to stay alive, so it is passing from death to life. So all these were symbolisms of what would happen in Christ. That the blood is our Passover. Come on. That the blood of Christ are passing from death to life. So they add the blood on the lamppost and then the meat that they ate, the flesh of the animal, the meat, okay, that they had to eat as part of the Passover. So he was telling them, I am the Passover. The way you drank, in quotes, the blood that put on your, on your lamppost, and the way you eat that meat, okay, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Symbolisms of the Passover. What was he telling them? I am your Passover. Did you get that? So that by believing in me, which is also told them, it's not by it's not by eating the flesh, it's about believing. That by believing in me, you have you experience the real Passover. That the meal you had was a symbol of something greater. You know, he told them in Exodus 12 that you should eat this every time to, re to remember what I did for you, how I saved you from Egypt. So, the Passover meal was a symbol of salvation. That they were to, let's, let's, go, let's go to Exodus 12. Let's see if we can click it together. Exodus 12. Exodus 12. Exodus 12. Are we here? Yeah. Let me stretch. We start from. Okay, do. <clears throat> do. Um, um, okay, do verse, verse 7. Start from verse 7. I tell you to jump. Start from verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on, on the two doorposts. And on the lintel of the houses where they eat it, then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with with water, but roasted in fire. Its head with with its legs and its entrails. You shall not let you shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, 
your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Go to verse 14. So this day shall be a, uh, to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall remove the living from your houses. For whoever eats unleavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day, there shall be um, a holy convocation. And on the seventh day, there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only that, on, that only may be prepared by you. you so, so you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for, for on this same day I have brought your your armies out of Israel or out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. Now go to go to verse twenty five. Twenty four. Twenty four. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as He promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Lord, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our household. Yeah, can so stop the there. Okay. So, the Passover, okay, was a sign for Israel so that if you don't eat of this, okay, if you don't do it well, you are cut off from Israel. So it was a participation showing that you are part of God's people. It was a communion of fellowship, of membership, of being part of the body of the church of Israel. Okay? And they were to do it, you know, yearly, as an ordinance, so that, so, that, so that, you know, they could tell their children, we are seeing this because it's a memorial of how the Lord saved us from Egypt. So, the Passover was a celebration of the salvation of Israel from Egypt. So, Christ now chose the Passover day to teach them the real Passover. That what they were having then was a symbol and a foreshadowing of the real Passover. Is why he chose Passover day to start up an issue on bread. So, it was not about bread. It was about the Passover which he is. I'm sure something for that, okay? Um, are we still here? All right? Go to John 7. John 7, 37 39. John 7, 37 to 39. John 7, 37 to 39. John 7, 37 to 39. Christ is my Passover. Hallelujah. John 7, 37-39 On the last day that, that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink He who believes in me As the scripture has said Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water But this is spoke concerning the Spirit Whom those believing him, in him would receive For the Holy Spirit was not yet given Because Jesus was not yet okay, So again The drinking of Jesus is believing. The drinking is believing. The eating of Jesus is believing. So it's, it's not about the communion wine 
or eating Jesus' flesh or drinking his blood. You know, there's no river of blood flowing that you can drink from. Okay? The eating and the drinking is believing. So, the believing quenches the heart hunger of any man. If anyone tests, let them come to me and drink. That if you believe in me, I am the I am, I am satisfaction of the longing of the heart of humanity. Mm. I am just speaking, I am the satisfaction of the test of the heart of mankind. That when you believe in me, I am satisfaction of your hunger and your longing. Hallelujah. So up until a man drinks of Jesus, he is hungry and is testing. Doesn't matter how rich he is or how wealthy he is, he's hungry and is thirsty. And you know, we have to pray to God that they know that they are hungry and thirsty. Because they may not know. There's a way, there's a way worldly pleasures can block from 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 you know from settling on the hunger and the test of your heart. So people now block with different okay, with more money, try to block with more money, more, more success, you know, more women, trying to cover up a longing, okay. But what satisfies the longing of the heart is Jesus, the knowledge of God. But this is clear, okay? That it is the believing in him that is the drinking that quenches the thirst of one's heart. Alright? So, the communion that we take, you know, is not the flesh or the blood that imparts life. The flesh profits nothing. It is the belief that has imparted life into us. So the communion is a celebration of the life we have received by believing. So it's not as though we are renewing covenant when we drink communion, if you do so. Okay? No, you can't renew it. You are only celebrating, confessing, reaffirming the life we have received by believing. Alright? So to eat is flesh. And to drink his blood is to believe in his sufferings, his death, burial, and resurrection. His body broken. Not the way they broke the bread. The way they broke the bread, okay? His body broken. His blood shed for you. So when you put the blood the, with, the, with the eye soap on the lintel, at least you will see the blood flow, okay? Symbolizing the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood for the remissions of sins. So that we can, so that the wages of sin, which is death, is paid for, that we can pass over from death into life. First Corinthians 5 7 says, Jesus is our Passover. Ephesians 26 talks about how we're dead in sin, but now we are alive in Christ. Okay? Ephesians 3 14 says, We know that we have passed from death because we love the brethren. So in Christ Jesus and believing in Him, we passed over, okay, from death into life. So, salvation is Passover. Semantics, right? Salvation is Passover that comes by believing. Salvation is communion that comes by believing. Communion with God also shows that we all that eat of his flesh and drink his blood are members of one body. Okay? Partakers of one body which is Christ. In 1 Corinthians 10, 22, you now see why you know Paul was telling them that when we eat the communion, are we not showing that we are part of something? That we are part of the body of Christ. We are part of Christ. 
He said, why then do you eat of their idol's table? So they do their idol worship, they do their, they do their, they do their, they do their eat, they do their all that. Why do, you, why do you then eat? Read first Corinthians 10. Why do you then eat of it? As though you don't know, it's a celebration of, of being part of something. That the food, the celebration, the ritual foods are a symbol of something. You are showing belonging to something. So that he was telling them that even though, even though another is not thinking clinical, clinical, but that to eat those food is, is in the Bible, first Corinthians 10. So when you want to eat your salad meat, eat it with first Corinthians 10 so that it can choke in your mouth. Okay? <laughs> so it can choke you. Okay? That is a celebration of being part of something. Someone asked me, but the meat is sweet. I said, you're an adult now, you can afford to buy meat. And I said, the way they fry down is different. I said, go and buy, buy it fresh oil and fry the meat to be the same. Okay? Linda mm. <laughs> is typing. She's the, she's, she's the somebody. She's the someone. Okay? Buy fresh oil and fry the meat. The eating of those things is a participation of something. Okay? So don't just do it like, like a young person. Don't be a lady. Okay? <laughs> buy meat. <laughs> We need to be Bible scholars, okay? We need to be Bible learned so that we don't we don't misbehave, okay? Bible literate. Luke 22, 14 to 20. When the hour had yeah. come, he sat down and, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before Passover. You see, isn't it? That he chose again that Passover night to do this. That the Lord's Supper that we that we should be that we should take if we take it is with Passover in mind. That is with, the purpose is the cocoa, not again. That is not the bread that is the problem. You get people are stuck on the bread and the wine, but they miss the real the real point of the bread and the wine. So they eat bread and wine so, so religiously. Mm? Without, in fact, we have, we have books written on it. On the, on the communion, the miracle meal, the clinical clinical. All sorts are written about it. But they are missing the real intent of it. We are celebrating Christ our Passover. That is the intent of the communion. You get my point here? So it was it was trying to help them. Again, it, it's, not, it's not about eating bread yearly. Or drinking you get every Sunday Christ was telling them this to shake them off the one they were eating do you understand to shake them off what what we are used to eating that what you're eating before has now been fulfilled so if you ever have to eat communion if you have to eat Passover eat it as communion eat it as Jesus your Passover do you understand so, it wasn't really about telling them to eat communion every morning, every Sunday, or every year. It was teaching them this to make them clock that what we were doing before was a symbol. The real one has come. Do you understand? So, so it's like using another food to represent, to, to, to um, make them click in their thinking that you can now stop doing that one. You can stop it now. That one has passed. Has been fulfilled. Do you understand? So if you, if you have to if you have to do your yearly events because you are, you are Jews, this is what you should do now. Celebrating me, my body broken for you, my blood shed for you. Do you understand? So every year, if you now have to do this, you, remember, you know what you're doing this time. You're no longer doing what happened in Exodus. So what you're doing right now is the real deal. 
my body broken for you, my blood shed for you. Now, let's read it. Continue. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among, among yourself. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. And do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, Please pause. Do this in remembrance of me. Not of not in remembrance of Exodus 12. Do you understand? Wait, when you do this now, do this in remembrance. So it was checking them off the old Passover to the real Passover. Alright, go on. And he took, likewise, it also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Yeah. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. Alright, you can stop there. So you get the point? Jesus, our Passover, that comes by believing. The communion you know, celebration of Jesus, our Passover. First Corinthians 11, 24. First Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Yeah. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until you come. So the purpose of it is the proclamation of the Lord's death. Proclaiming Christ as our Passover, the lamb that was slain. As the lamb was slain then for blood and for meat. The lamb that was slain, okay, for the remission of sins. So that in drinking his flesh and eating his blood, which is believing, we have this life. And we have crossed from death to life. So salvation is communion, oneness with God, passing over from death to life, which comes by drinking his flesh, drinking his blood, eating his flesh, which is believing in his body broken for us and his blood shed for us. Amen. And you get my point here? Which is believing, okay, in his body broken for us and his blood shed for us for the remission and forgiveness of our sins. Hallelujah. Let's go further. Let's go further. Okay. Salvation is receiving the Spirit. Salvation is receiving the Spirit. The indwelling of the Spirit. So, it's not two steps that you get saved, okay? You now receive the Spirit. No, the moment you got saved, you received the Spirit. That was in John 17, 39, that this is spoke of the Spirit whom those who believe in Him will receive. So, at the point of believing, the point of believing is the point of receiving the Spirit. Come on now. The point of believing is the exact same point of receiving the Spirit. The point at which we believe is the point at which we receive the Spirit. So, this receiving is not necessarily speaking in tongues. Even though in Acts 10, they believe that and they are speaking in the exact same moment, okay? But it's, it's not always about, it's not about speaking in tongues. 
when I'm talking thoughts or not, if you believe you have received his spirit, okay? Romans 8 9. Romans 8 9. Romans 8 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Look at that. So, everyone that belongs to Jesus, which happens by believing, has the spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. Do you see that? Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Having believed in the gospel of salvation, having believed, you were sealed. So the one that believes as the Holy Ghost is sealed with the spirit so the holy ghost is the proof of our believing the seal of our adoption the sign of our sonship having believed we receive the holy ghost so when you get born again you receive the spirit you are baptized into the spirit hmm? you are made one with god by his spirit what what we now call legal baptism you know the the right word might be you know um being feel such that you're under his influence. You get my point? The right word might be being filled so that you're under his influence. So it's not as though you don't have him before. You always had the Holy Ghost. Okay, you always had him. What you are doing right now is being filled, filled with his influence. That's a better word. That you are being filled with his influence. You get my point here? What The right word is to be filled with his influence. Okay, so and many times it's with the sign of speaking in tongues okay so it's why when you are filled you talk in tongues you talk in tongues also to be filled <laughs> okay okay but that, that's not passing that's passing the spirit okay but the spirit after salvation that you are baptized when you see Ephesians 4 it says there's only one baptism what, what, what's baptism baptism into Christ by the spirit so when you come upon again you are baptized into Christ by his spirit do you understand so the real baptism after salvation, baptism into the body of Christ by the Holy Ghost. So you are already baptized into the Spirit. When you then pray in tongues and all that, what you are doing is you're making yourself filled with the influence of the Spirit. Alright? But you must know that the believer has the Holy Ghost. The believer has received the Holy Ghost. Amen. So people travel all over the world. Religion, religion makes many people travel to look for God. They travel to somewhere far and go and bow their heads. <laughs> but the believer carries God in him. But the Christian faith is no religion. Religion seeks God. Christianity, God lives in man. Come on now. People go to great lengths to go and look for God. But in Christianity, God lives in man. Men are carriers of God on their inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Christianity, on the contrary, is God in men. Is God in men. Hallelujah. So salvation is having the indwelling spirit. It's not two steps. Once you got saved, you received his spirit. Alright? 
Salvation is the forgiveness of sins. Salvation is the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, as God in Christ forgives you. Look at that. As God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 1.7 Ephesians 1.7 in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin, okay. according to the riches of his grace. So in him we have what redemption, which is what the forgiveness of sins. So when we believed, we were redeemed, alright, and we received forgiveness. It is not what we receive, it is what we have received. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 1 John 2, 1 to 2. 1 John 2, 1 to 2. 1 John 2, 1 to 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation of our sins, and not of ours only, but also for the world. Look at that. I write it to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have Jesus, our you know, our advocate with the Father, who is the propitiation for our sins. Now he is not saying that when we sin, just as before the Father telling telling tell the Father, we are he's sorry now, I'm sorry on his behalf now, don't punish him now, please now. He's not up there for every every of your sin telling God sorry on your behalf. Meaning is not pleading with God in the manner of men. Do you understand? But that is price that we have believed in is our atonement, is our advocacy with the Father. His body broken, his blood shed, his life given for us that we have believed in is our advocacy with the Father. It's why the Bible is in Hebrews. Hebrews talks about the blood that's better than the blood of Abel. So that blood speaks, okay? That the blood of Christ speaks. What's it speaking? Mercy. Okay? That the blood speaks. So the believing in his sacrifice for us is our advocacy before the justice system of the Father. So someone had read this where it says that, okay, that um, is the opportunity for our sins, not for our sins, but for sins of the whole world. A popular pastor in the 90, in the 2000s, a very popular pastor, was a big pastor, Carlton Pearson. He was a mega church pastor. He used, he used to flow with. He was 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 Robert? No, Robert. We know Robert. Please tell me, not Robert. At least you, you know that we are you you open eyes more. Robert, you know, was a big televangelist, you know, like them kind of Copland. He was that big, you know. In fact, you know, kind of Copland served under Robert. Okay, was one of his um um was spiritual father. Not not to kind of Can I is Robert's spiritual father? Can take is like another another father figure and another mentor. But his spiritual father was Robert. Alright? Even he worked on them for a while too. So this cartoon piercing was like Robert's 
first spiritual son, the top top spiritual son of Ora Robert. But the guy, you know, so his uncle died. His uncle died in prison. Okay, his uncle wanted him to. You know, his uncle was in prison. His uncle still committed a crime in prison. So we're still doing. He, 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 I think he, the council is parole. Whatever they, they, they do, they are not sentenced in, in years. I don't understand. So he was told that okay. So he called Carlton Pearson and like if you because of your status in society, you can if you can write me a letter to write a letter for me to them. They would because of you. Okay, but don't make any calls But he refused and said no. So shortly after his uncle died. So out of feeling guilty and looking for a and the pain of my uncle went to hell. Okay. He now stumbled on first John 2, 1 to 2. Eh? And then said he heard the voice from God that yet God tell him that everybody is going to heaven. Because Christ is the propitiation for the sins of the world. <sighs> Alright? <laughs> what is it like in the story? Which I think it's a movie. They made it into a movie. Yes, it is in a movie too. Yes, there's a movie of it coming Sunday. It's on, um, it's on Netflix. Alright? It's a real life story. The guys are live. It's on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's a real life story. Alright? But, okay, we, it's why we must Bible scholars. Now, it is painful when a pastor becomes popular before he becomes scholarly. <laughs> it's bad when you blow too early. When you blow before you before it was because it makes the person easy room for the devil. That is how, you know, his crumble, be, his crumble began. Now became inclusive Christian. Everybody's welcome. But when you see scripture, it is clear that this sacrifice for our sins must be received by believing. How you read this part and then run on it alone is stuff of madness. Okay? Because it is clear in scripture that you receive forgiveness of sin by believing. We are saved by grace. But it didn't stop there. True faith. So faith is how we receive what grace has provided. Faith is how we receive what grace has provided. It's essential that we are Bible scholars. Romans 3, 21 to 30. 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 But now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. Look at that. Through faith to all and on all who believe. Go on. For there is no difference. For all who are, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Through faith. Look at that. To demonstrate his righteousness. Yeah. NIV says to be received by faith. So the faith and good is essential. The one that receives forgiveness receives it by believing in Jesus. Please finish. To 30. Yeah. You don't have to get to 30. You can get to 26. Yeah. Okay. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. 
to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in him. You see that? So this forgiveness, this justification is predicated on being received by faith. That faith must receive what grace has provided. First John 3.23 So God has thrown it open to the world. Everyone will say yes by believing. First John 3.23 First John 5.1 1 John 3.23 And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another Look at as he gave us so people, people, people now say, eh, but you know, eh, people, people that love, love is the can. Mm, mm, mm. This is the commandment: believe and then love, and believe first. Not just not love, not love last one. Eh, believe, <laughs> and so if you love without believing, okay, you love and then believe. That in fact, the love is impossible without believing. That only the one who has crossed from death to life. That's in First John, First John, First John, um, First John. I will find it. First John three fourteen. Yes, the one that has crossed from death to life, like and love the way God wants to be. God wants us to love people. So it's not about love first; it's about believing, believing and then loving. Do you see that? Believing. Why am, am, am I doing this over and over again? We must know. We must, we must, know, we must know scripture. We must be Bible scholarly. Okay, we must be Bible. Must have Bible scholarship. Okay. First John five one. First John five one. First John five one. Yes. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him. Sorry, let me read NIV because Okay. Lee. <laughs> everyone who believes that Jesus is the uh, is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Alright. It's okay. In, 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 you know I like to NKJ for Bible study because NKJV tries to use the right words. And I does meanings. And many, many times they can they can misinterpret something. Not, not many times, a few times. But with NKJV, I will get what I'm looking for. You get. So I, I use both to study. When, when I want to teach it, sometimes I, I, I probably use sometimes the NKJV because of the usage of the words. Do you understand? But I use I study with both. Alright? Okay. So now when you ask it, because people are and people say, and that is Paul, and that is uh, John. What did Christ say? You know, the Christ just you know um, forgive that woman and that was caught in adultery. They, they, they leave the part of don't sin, sin no more. The community leave that part. People are I'm sorry, people can be very daft. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. They can be very deliberately daft. And clinical, clinical, believe that as a judgmental. Well, Christ told, wrote it there. Go and sin no more. It is clearly there. How do you ignore that part and say to be love is just love? No, go and sin no more. All right. And Christ to them also, for God so loved the world that he what gets only because some that whosoever what believes. So even Christ talked about the believing. Just 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 twenty nine. This is the work of God that you believe on Him whom He has sent. So Christ also emphasized that salvation is predicated on believing on Him whom He has sent. Jesus, not believing in God though. People people are in hell that believe in God. Let's say People that believe in God they go to hell. Let's say I'm breaking your head. People that believe in God are going to hell. Because hmm? if you deny the Son, you deny the Father also. Even demons believe in Him and tremble. <laughs> so if you believe in God and believe in Jesus, demons are your, demons are your, are your cousins. They are, they are your, you know, are your neighborhood. So it is believing in the Son that is salvation. 
not believing in God. People can believe in God and walk right into hell. Alright? What saves is believing in Jesus. Let me end with this last point. Salvation is repentance and submission to the Lordship of Jesus. Salvation is repentance and submission to the Lordship of Jesus. Salvation is repentance and submission to the Lordship of Jesus. Let me, let me, let me together with, the, with another one. It is sanctification and consecration. Salvation is repentance and submission to the Lordship of Jesus. Salvation is sanctification and consecration. Ephesians 1, 1 to 3 says, To God's only people in Ephesus. Same thing, same thing in Philippians, same thing in Colossians, same thing, same thing in Corinthians. To God's only people. God set apart people. God's, God's consecrated ones. So, the moment you got saved, God declared you sanctified. Meaning that you are not like the world, you are like Him. Meaning that you are sold out to Him. Meaning that you not only live for yourself, but you live for Him that died and rose from the dead. That you are living to be, to be saved. Because we have to we have to preach this thing well. People just think they can just get saved by just confessing without without actually without without commitment. Just, ah, short cut to heaven. Let me just confess it. That's what people are doing. Let me just to go to heaven. Let me just to confess. I be ah, I believe. Let me I believe. Let me confess it. Now now I never make it worse. So we now teach on prosperity. We now say the way to it is by believing in Jesus. Do you believe? Of course I believe now. Prosperity. I will not believe. I will believe. But people don't understand what they are believing. They don't understand what they are doing. They just say, I believe, I will do that call. We write their name down, we say they are born again. They are not. So there are many in church that are, that are not born again, but think they are. They don't know what it means. They don't even understand what it means. They just, we just told them after prosperity teaching, if you want these ways to be born again, of course I will say yes. You too, call. You will say yes, because you, you need, you need ah. let me give you a gist. My, 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 uh, my rewire guy in Lagos, so every time I post, church post, he will reply me and say hello. So I've not, I've not even thought that maybe this, guy, maybe this guy wants to get born again because he's Muslim. And I asked him, you want to know Christ? He said yes. But I didn't just feel in my heart to talk. I didn't feel in my heart to talk more. You know when you, when you don't feel like, when you don't feel, you don't feel the wish to talk more. I didn't want to say, which is rare. And I said, okay, what I will do. You should, you should come to church this morning that I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell someone that is a former Muslim to speak to him. I was thinking I'll tell him to speak to him because my wife is a former Muslim. But I, I didn't just feel the to talk. I, I felt maybe when, when I buy him this face to face, you'll feel you'll be able to talk to him more based on, you know, Muslim, former Muslim, then the guy being, you know, that they will have able to flow better face to face. What they cannot tell me. And um, what they even need now is money. That he is stuck in like for Salah with his wife. He's stuck in a village for Salah. He's not back to Lagos. Number one, that's a lie. The wire guys are, mechanic guys have money. Leave that matter. Mechanic guys, they chop our money, they have money. Number, number two. So you see what he wanted. He, he didn't want Jesus. He wanted money. So when your daughter call and say prospect, and I say don't, of course they will say yes to Jesus. But it's a lie. What they want is the money, not Jesus. So many are claiming saved without because we are not teaching it well. It is repentance. Something to the of Jesus, consecration, and you know, um sanctification. That being saved means I am dedicating my life for Jesus. It's not just mouth confession. It's that I give you, I submit to your lordship. Do you understand? So God expects that we teach people this also. Okay? It's not just mouth confession. It's not just like, mm, 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 mm. You are submitting to the lordship of Jesus. That's why I call them sanctified ones. So the one that is believed is sanctified, meaning he's called out to belong to Jesus. To be sold out 
to the purposes of Christ. That is salvation. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Wait, none. Mammon. <laughs> All right? I will stay here. So, Romans 10, 5 to 10. 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 For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth um, confession is made unto salvation. Look at that. You should read better this, better read, better this way. That whoever confesses his mouth with his mouth, the Lordship of Jesus, believing in his heart that God raised him from the dead. Look at that. So, this confession, this submission to his Lordship, not to his broship, we are bodies, no, his Lord, is the Lord of my life. I submit to his will and to his way. Where he says, I will go. Where he goes, I will, where he sends, I will go. What he says, I will do. Okay? So, you confess this based on believing in your heart. So, the believing in your heart should lead to a confession with your mouth. And it's not just words. It is submission to the Lordship of Jesus. You get so the one that truly believes will submit to the lordship of Jesus. So herein lies a problem. The way we have taught people, not me, Master Toro, the way we have taught people, many are claiming to be believing, but doing their own thing. They argue with scripture. They don't you hear my point here. If we are not careful teaching these things right. Many will claim to, to know Jesus and they will tell them, depart from me. I don't know you, you worker of iniquity. Because the faith that saves is never alone. It comes with ability and desire for good works. And we're still here. And we're still here. First John 3. First John 3. Someone is wondering, but it's 11 o'clock. Ask Lagos people. Hmm? Ask Lagos people. Amen. We'll soon be done, but enjoy. Okay? First John 3. Everything. Uh, I'm looking for something. Start from verse 4. 4. Yes. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that it was manifested to take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Should point clear everybody? That if you say you believe, if you really believe, we will see it in your actions. 
So whoever sins, whoever lives in sin, whoever lives in sin has not seen him nor known him. So you cannot be a believer in Christ and be living in sin. The Bible says she will ask you. You may not be saved though. So people might have struggles. Alright? But it should be struggle, not acceptance. Not I was born this way. Okay? It should be struggle. It's struggle. We can deliver you if you struggle. But it's acceptance we are done. No, no one was born. In fact, maybe sin nature child, people can be born with nonsense. Doesn't make it right. Okay? People can be born with all sorts. Which I'll come to that matter, I'll come to that matter one day. Let me, let me just drop a side note. I've seen many people that became that way by, by having the first experience that way. They, they, didn't, they, they, didn't, they didn't feel born that way. They didn't feel that until someone assaulted them that way. I saw, I saw many body now. There were innocent boys until one senior molested them. They now became that way. So they, they, were, not, they were not born in code that way. Somebody assaulted them and woke them up that way. So it's like, like it's, it's a demon attached to sexual, sexual sin that flows people around. Many, many, many were assaulted and became sexual, even, even, even heterosexual sex. Many became raped and then became addicts. It's a demon attached to sin, attached to sin. It's a sexual sin that flows people about. So they are not born that way. Someone, you're covering me, okay? Not your portion, but you get the point. Alright? Please go on. <laughs> Verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. No, no read, 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 read it, read it, read it, so it can be clear. Read it, where, where? Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Do you see that? So, the right English might be like, the one that is born of God does not make a practice of sin. Does not go on sinning. Do you get my point here? So, this is essential. It's why you must also deliberately work right. You can't say, I will sin out of forgiveness. You are acting like you're not saved. You are acting like an unsafe person. All those, eh, I was not, I was not, I say sorry. You are acting like a bastard child, okay? You don't sin. You must hold this truth upright in your heart. We don't make a practice of sin. Where I'm struggling, I will call for help. But I will not stay there and say sorry. Do you understand? Verse 23. Verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Okay. As so, yeah. Believe and walk in love. Believe and first believe and live right. Okay. Believe and live right. Believe and walk in love. Ephesians 4 2022. Ephesians 4 2022. Ephesians 4 but you have not so learned Christ. Mm. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You see that? Talk, talking about people about bad behavior, says you have not so learned Christ. So, there's a way of life we learn in Christ. 
says that you put off the old man with his sins and all that, but you put on the new man, okay, which grows in righteousness and in order. So we are taught, if indeed you have learned of Christ and you have heard him, to put on the new man, okay? So the one who is saved is living a submission to the Lordship of Jesus. Alright? 2 Timothy 2, 19, 19. Let everyone that calls on the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So, the calling on his name is also a departure from iniquity. Come on. The calling on his name, which is salvation, okay? Romans 10, 10 says, whatever comes upon his name, shall be saved. So, the calling on his name, which is salvation, is also a departure from iniquity. You cannot mix both together. Because it's not very common, though. Do you see David Dose, David Dose and Baby Mama? That's called a self-kingdom girl. The girl is calling herself kingdom babe. No, she's calling herself kingdom babe. I'm praying. Pray, I'm, always, always when you not look at Twitter, okay? They said she's pregnant for him, clinical, clinical research, like one week or two weeks ago. And with all her body outside, all her breasts in the open, everything is everything in public, slept, slept, someone's, 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 someone's husband. She asked, she asked in her bio, kingdom babe. And she was there <laughs> praying, praying for praying and causing people at the same time with Jesus and all that kind of stuff. But she said this kingdom babe. No, she was praying, she was, she was actually playing, playing, playing some Jesus kingdom. So you, you get you when you get them, you will know them. This kingdom Allah has a kingdom. This kingdom kingdom now the drum. So we have to take people clearly. You cannot mix both together. It's come to popular. You see a Nikki Minaj come and say because Jesus loves me. Shut up. You will choose one. You must choose one, and it's, it's, it's the job of, of, of the clergy, of the church, to tell the truth. Because what's one full church? I think what's one church be full and collect tithes. But it's a lot of nonsense to bring people in. We are making it, we are making it too inclusive. Just come as you are. Come. Just be coming. Come. No, the coming is a departure from iniquity. As you are coming, no. The coming you are coming means I'm living iniquity. We must say clearly, as you, the coming you are coming, no. It's not, not just come as you are. You are coming as you are, but living you are alone. Okay, as you are coming as you are, and living as you are alone. You get? As you are coming as you are, you are living the as you are alone. That must be, you must preach that truth essentially. And this is important because the devil will make it look very good. And people walk right into hell, a mass. Finally, we see that Titus 2 11 to 14. Paul told them, the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness. And what let's go to Titus 2 14. Titus 2 11 to 14. Titus 2 11 to 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, hmm. teaching us that denying ungodliness and unworldly and unworldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing. Of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for Himself His own special people, zealous for good works. Look at that. His end purpose is to purify for His own for Himself His own special people, His own called out people, Agaios. Okay, His own zealous for good works. So grace says, as I said, this grace so. Okay, you are denying ungodliness and worldly loss. It's not freaky to heaven with your behavior. No, you are denying ungodly lust 
okay ungodliness and worldly lust so we'll see one more chapter one more chapter one more thing to read and we finish acts 5 10 to 15 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 this is after Ananias and Sapphira. This is after Ananias and Sapphira. Acts 5, 10 to 15. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breath at last. And the young men came in and found her and carrying her out, buried her husband, uh, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all um, all who heard these things. Go on, to 15. 15, sorry. And through um, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the uh, none of the rest dared to uh, dare join them, but pe the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on on beds and couches, that at the, at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. You see that? After, after Ananias died, none dared join them. Yet, believers increased in number. You see that? So, people are not just casually saying I'm a Christian. You see that? People are not just casually saying I'm a believer but acting in sin. None. No one else dared join them. It wasn't just full church for full church, full church sake. But yet, believers increased. So, the idea is this, that salvation is submitting to the Lordship of Jesus, departing from your old ways, based on you believing. Okay? But it's not just everybody, everybody's welcome. No, the welcome is welcoming to a system of living that you are signing up for. If you don't want to, nobody else dared join them. Do you understand? So you must understand what salvation is and what it is not. This is how you are better able to preach the gospel to, to disciple people and even us. It reminds us to live well. So we don't slip up thinking uh, it's nothing. No, it's something. If you really believe, you should always act like it, okay? He came to purify for himself his own people which are zealous for good works. Have you blessed Give God praise. Thank you for his word. Thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise. Thank you. We are made better in these things. We are effective in the new covenant. We are, yes, we are effective. We are effective. We get better and better in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Chance to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church and do join us every Sunday by 9am and Wednesday by 6pm to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.